Cornerstone Conversations, having a chat with Neil and Matt. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the new year, 2023, with Neil and Matt. Hello, Neil. Hello, Matt. How's things? Yeah, good. Good to be back. Yeah, it must be a good couple of months absence, Nelly. Uh, close, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Been a I'm good back. start to the year or what? Uh, yeah, busy. Mm-hmm. Busy. Um... But yes, the year has commenced. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hasn't it? <laughs> it has. Yeah, so it's actually almost it nearly one twelfth of the way over already. It is. That's crazy to think, it isn't is. it? Yeah, just yeah. you know, things roll around so quick. Easter coming up soon. Is it really? When is Easter this <laughs> yeah, year? I don't know. Sometime March, April. Sometime when the moon, in the year when the moon hits the sky like a big pizza pie. Because it's on a full moon, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. All right, Matt. The- we, 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 uh, now that we've bored everyone to tears. Yes. Uh, starting the new year, I am actually doing a series on Malachi, uh, book in the Old Testament. Yep. So two different parts of the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, and yes. this is the last book in the Old Testament. So, you know, basically in the Jewish period before the new birth after Christ and... Yep. Yeah, why I wanted to bring it was I was sort of pondering why God sort of stopped speaking for 400 years after this book had been finished. And yeah, um, yeah, so this is actually my second message on Sunday. First message was a bit of an introduction and just sort of, you know, talking about Malachi and it's like God's messenger. Don't really know much about him. Uh, There's no real mention of him and what he does. But Mm. I think... This message itself, um, which you could read along with the book of Nehemiah, which was about the same time, addressing the yep. same sorts of issues, whereas um, this book doesn't really give a story or account, while the other one does, of what mm-hmm. was going on. This is really just, this is God's message. Yeah. And Malachi himself is not featured at all, really, okay. in the book. Apart from this, this is the message the Lord gave to Israel through the prophet Malachi. Yep. That's it. So he's just the messenger. Yeah, the messenger. And I think that's important for us to think about because it really is saying, you know, this is a message from God and we need to learn from it as modern-day Christians. Um, New Testament, Paul wrote and said, you know, all Scripture is useful for learning. Um, And whenever you see Scripture mentioned in the New Testament, apart from the one time, it was referring to the Old Testament writings. Yeah. Yeah, and in the book of Peter, I think he mentions that, um, you know, starts talking about the letters written to the new churches yep. spread abroad as being part of Scripture, and but it hadn't really come in. So what he was saying was that we can actually get a lot of messages from the Old Testament. It's like it somehow transitions through time and is applicable to every time, every place, every culture, every way of doing things. Um, even though it was written specifically to a culture at the time, yeah, um, God uses it to speak to us now. Certainly does. Yes, excellent. Indeed. Great summation. Thank Neil. you, mate. So, Matt, what yes. was the phrase that I was talking about on Sunday? Um, the phrase. The phrase. Oh, the the. Uh, uh, like the the oh, but but how <laughs> but how did we offend you? Yeah. Or 
other things along those lines. Yeah. Yes. Example, Malachi 1, I think, uh, uh, was it Malachi 1 verse 2? Yep. I have always loved you, says the Lord, but you retort, really? Mm. But how have you loved us? Yep. Yeah. The classic, wasn't me, I haven't done anything wrong <laughs> Yeah. sort of response. Yeah. Yeah. Like, really? 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 Like, really? You said... You said that you've always loved us. How have you done it? And yeah. throughout the this book of Malachi, there's seven seven times when God sort of points out something that's happening, and yeah. their response is sort of the same. Yeah. In in the New King James, in the King James, the word would be wherein, wherein have we done this? And that wherein is sort of like translated, how, when, yeah. what? You know, like yeah. that that sort of. Uh, it reaction. wasn't. It wasn't me. Yeah, it wasn't me. That's right. I haven't, I haven't done that. <laughs> uh, I gave the example of an ad that used to be on TV where you know ladies and a, a boyfriend or whatever somewhere having a nice holiday. She jumps into a spa and is sitting there all relaxed. The next minute he does a big bomb, and the water goes all over her, and she's like obviously not happy about it. But he looks at her and goes, "What? What? Like?" Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> what have I done wrong? Yes. I and can I can picture that ad. I just can't remember what it was advertising. I can't tell you what it was, but I won't. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. No royalty. A beverage. No royalty. <laughs> yeah, that's time. right. No royalties. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was it was really interesting thinking about that, and like yeah. I, I think I actually made, uh, sort of a confession on the day that the day before, I was doing something that was annoying my wife. I knew exactly what it was, but I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? Yes. Yeah. And, and it's sort of like that whole thing of, yeah, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. So the the seven verses that we we're looking at, the first one you've already said was, I've yes. always loved you, says the Lord. You retort, really? How have you loved us? Yes. Um, the second verse is in Malachi 1, verse 6. Uh, it says, the Lord of heaven's army says to the priests, a son honours his father, a servant respects his master. If I'm your father and master, where are the honour and respect I deserve? You have shown contempt for my name. But you ask, how have we ever shown contempt for your name? So the second one there was that you've shown contempt in the way that you're offering honour to me. Yeah. Um, the third one was you've shown contempt by offering defiled sacrifices on my altar, which sort of answers that question. Yeah. Um, and goes on sort of talking about that. And so basically saying that the altar of the Lord deserves no respect. Um, <clears throat> next, in chapter 2 and verse 17, you've wearied the Lord with your words. How have we wearied him, you ask? Again, there's that whole thing of saying, well, well you've wearied me with your words. Yeah. We didn't go into great detail about uh, what was what people were saying. We're going to be looking at that a little bit more this week. Yep. Um, next, return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of Heaven Armies. This is in chapter three, verse seven, and it says, "But you ask, how can we return? We've never gone away." Number eight, uh, verse eight. Sorry, should people cheat me? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? Mm. We've never done that. 
You have said terrible things against me in verse 13, says the Lord. But you say, what do you mean? What have we said against you? Mm. Each and every case is that real sort of attitude of, but what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We haven't done anything wrong. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Of course not. Yeah. And so behind all of this at the time, we see that the priests weren't acting the way they should. Mm. And as the, I guess, the people that were leading the people into the covenant of God... It's like they dropped the ball yep. and they were allowing all these things to go on without really seeking God or sharing his will with the people. So it was a funny time, I guess, because the temple had just been rebuilt um, and sacrifices had started again, the worship had started again, but somehow these people had lost the actual true meaning of what it was to worship God. Yeah. Um, so they were offering sacrifices. It wasn't like they were trying to shake off God mm. and go another way. It was like we're actually fulfilling our obligations, our duties in a mechanical way. Yep. And from this is where we get all these accusations of God against them, but also this incredulous thing of like, but how? We're doing the right thing. Um, what, what do you think might have gone wrong, Matt, in terms of that? Um, I think I think the word mechanical hits the nail on the head of, of they were just going through the motions. They were and, and uh, effectively going through a checklist of things that they needed to do mm. in order to fulfill their obligation um, towards God and to, towards the promises that he'd made. And, and so it's this, I guess it's this, this place of, of just doing the bare minimum mm. to, to not get into trouble sort of thing. Um, and that's certainly not what, what God is inviting us into. And, you know, I think there's a, there's a real challenge in, in what we're talking about for, for each one of us to think mm. about, you know, what are, what are we bringing to God? How are we responding um, to the, to the things that he's inviting us into and, and even just, just recognizing who God is and, and the honor that he deserves. And, you know, so there's this, in, in my mind, there's this real challenge for us to just really reflect on what it is that we're bringing to this relationship that we have with God and this space that he's inviting us into and mm. are we really giving him the honor and respect or are we you know in that space of just doing the doing the bare minimum mm. um or do it doing the things to be seen to be ticking off the ticking off the list of what it is to be a, a good christian yeah you know um yeah i i I'd, sort of, I'd agree with that. Yeah, it's yeah. like this whole thing of, um, you know, but we're obeying the law. Yeah, and yeah. that's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think this is one of the the problems that we can have, even as Christians, is that we we're thinking about our Christianity even in terms of an old covenant. It's like, well, God's, you know, the judge. Um, yep. And my Christianity is based on my knowledge of his word and my obedience to the word, which is actually not a bad thing. Um, and I'll explain that a little bit later that um, somehow, though, we think that that's all God requires of us. But mm. there's a different relationship between um, the Old Testament and this, it shouldn't be different because we, we know that the the first covenant really was cut with Abraham and that was before law anyway. Yeah. So that was something done in faith and he was made righteous because he believed in God. Mm. And he had a close relationship with the Heavenly Father. He understood him as a father and as a Lord. But somehow it seems to have been lost. And so the first accusation, I think, is very telling 
um, well, it's not really an accusation, but it's it's really pointing out their response to what God says. And he says, I have always loved you. And they've said, well, when have you loved us? How can anything else that we do as a believer be full and complete without first understanding that God actually has loved us? Yeah. Yeah. So that flow from that, it's like they'd lost the relational side of what their religion yeah. was meant to have. Yeah. And so from that flows all this other stuff of like, well, yeah. I'm, I'm obeying. That's good enough. In other words, yeah. you know, there's no joy in serving. There's no love in it. It's just I'm, I'm fulfilling my duty. So, Matt, we, we think about that as, as the Old Testament and God's really saying to them, actually, you're not really doing what I say because you don't understand what the law is all about. Mm. It's actually really about capturing your heart. Yeah, and and having that relationship with you, even back then, yeah. you know. But they were in a time when they hadn't been born again, so there wasn't a new birth, and the relationship that God had with them was, you know, more like that marriage thing. You know, here's our covenant, here's our rules. You oh. know, let, let's follow them. Um, and the law was written on tablets of stone, on scrolls. Um, they'd recite it, they'd learn it. So I guess it was written in their memory in a way. Yeah, but. What would the difference between that and the new birth, mm. which we're invited into as Christians, it's not just that, but we're actually given this identity from God as his, yep. his children. What do you think yep. the difference would be in terms of law? Well, I guess it's a, it's a lot more personable, isn't it? Like, like when it's written in the law, it was a law for a specific group of people. Um, and it was almost like a, a heritage. It was a, it was a birthright mm. from for the Israelites, you know, that's, and, and they were attached to that by association through birth, you know, so there wasn't, there's not the, you know, with the, with the new birth, with the new covenant, there is a personal choice that we each need to make to accept the forgiveness and grace that mm. God and Jesus pours out on us. Um, it's not something that we're born into, if you like, as a, as a cultural thing, although, you know, it can be because you, yeah, you grew up in a Christian family and all that kind of stuff, but yep. and so there is that association. But it, but at the same time, it's a personal choice, and it and it has a different, you know what I mean? Like it has a it has a very different connection. It's not just mm. these are the rules, and you're born into this culture, and therefore you have a relationship. Yeah, you know that's, um, and that's, you know, God God is a God of relationship. You can see that all the way through. Yep. Um, uh, even you know, even in the Old Testament, but there is this. I think there's that that is the, the defining thing between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant in that there is this this decision that we can make that invites us into that relationship. God wants a relationship with every single person in creation, but there yeah. is that that choice that we need to make to follow Him and to to accept the love that He has for us and to um, follow the follow the rules and you know not well not follow the rules but well yes we do need to follow the rules <laughs> you know what i mean like it's but yeah. it's not you know if you are accepting the love that god has for us and and you are doing the things that that god invites us into then by doing that you are actually following the rules yeah um and it's so, funny because like so the new birth really while this old law was written yes. and it's an outside thing yeah when god talks about the new birth he says the law is now written on your heart. Yeah. 
And so it's not this outward, uh, I guess, oppression or yoke placed on our life. It's this inward desire and mm, yeah. and delight to actually do what God wants. Yes, that's what I was trying to say. Thank you, Neil, for, no, thank for you. consolidating my thoughts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so yeah. it should be different. Yeah. So here we have a people that are not living or giving God exactly what he wants. Um but they're sort of fulfilling their requirements. Mm. Um, does then like, because we're forgiven of sin um, and we're in this grace period, so we know it was Jesus' death on the cross that, you know, we're, we're free from sin. Mm. Does that mean then now we don't have to live up to such a high standard anymore? Because we know Jesus forgives us. Mm. No. Why not? Well, I mean that's the response to to the love that he shows for us is to is that he deserves you know, there's there's nothing that we can do to repay what he has done for us. Mm. But in that there is a desire to do as best and as much as we can in that space to to honor that sacrifice that he's mm. given to us. You know, like I, th- I mean that's that's my my thoughts on that and yeah. you know, so when I when I am doing stuff i want to be doing the best that i can and and um honoring god in what i'm doing and and because of because of that amazing gift of grace that he has poured out on us that's just that's just the response that comes from Mm. from accepting that and i think that's part of the the new life that we have is that um you know suddenly we're invited into this place when we accept jesus Mm. that and and we just want to honor and glorify him with everything of ourselves and it in in some way to try and repay what's been done but we're never going to get to that place you know it can't it can't yeah. be repaid but certainly doesn't mean like oh, i've got my ticket now i'm you know i've got my ticket to eternal life now i just need to sit here and do whatever and i'm forgiven i can do whatever <laughs> i want and yep. all that because that's that's not how it works but you know i really think there's this this inbuilt ingrained thing you know it says the words written on our hearts you know yeah. there is this understanding of I'm in this relationship with amazing credit God and I want to do what he's calling me to do and I want to do that to the best of my ability and I want to honor him and, and you know looking at this Malachi reading you can see that you know they're you know they're ticking off the box of bringing in the sacrifice but they're bringing in sacrifice that's you know blind lambs and mm. you know lambs with defect when when God's asking them for for lamb without blemish you know yeah. and and it's you know, for me, that's a, that's a challenge of you know what's what's the attitude of what I am bringing into into whatever it is that that I'm doing to to serve yeah. God and you know am I am I just going through that motion of ticking off a box and mm. and bringing something that isn't what it should be yeah um, you know so I've, you know I appreciate the word on on Sunday just to mm. it's that check and I think that's a real challenge for us. Um, you know, as as cornerstone, but also as the wider church of you know what what is it that we are bringing into the things that God's calling us to do, and how we how are we being God's representatives in the mm. society around us are we, you know, are we effectively displaying the the blind and defective sacrifice? Um, because oh, we've got to you know that's what we've got to do as part of our yeah. responsibility of being a follower of Christ. Yeah. Um, so, so we don't just. Good, to- Ten church, we are part of the church, and yeah, you know, there's a the difference in how we connect, even in that way, and yeah, yeah, I think it's like that whole thing, Matt. What you said there about you know 
we're bringing our very best to God in every yeah. area. Um, and exactly what you said, it comes from that love and the understanding of the grace of God, which is mm. that connection to God. And so if people are, are struggling, um, and because, like, if you look around, the church is more organized than ever. Yep. You know, and, you know, there's programs, there's knowledge, there's understanding, and there's great constitutions and good ways to govern and all that sort of stuff. But at the base of all of that, are we allowing the white hot fire of the Holy Spirit to burn in our soul? Mm, mm. Are we actually being transformed? And this is what wasn't happening. And yep. yet God has given us this amazing thing to walk into the transforming power of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit working in our life. And so for us, we don't want to be a church or a person of faith that never transforms in character. Mm. And I think you can definitely see that around sometimes you know what i mean you're like well you say you're a christian maybe even you you know you do all these things for jesus and yet you're the most negative yep. person i've ever met yeah and you're whinging about everything and you hate everyone and you know where is the love of god now being displayed in your life mm. yeah where's the transforming power of jesus yeah and yet uh, and when paul writes about it he says you know that it would be like like this, that they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power of it. And so they've got this form of godliness. Everything looks good. They're the most, you know, um, uh, orthodox Christian there is. They, they yeah. know everything. They've got great knowledge. They know their Old Testament, New Testament. Um, they can recite everything, and yet their life doesn't show anything of God. Mm -hmm. And so there's this form of godliness, and that is actually a formation um, that, that is there, that it's being built on the wrong foundation, and the forming is not of the Holy Spirit. And it's so important that we remember that, and this is what those people were lacking. And, of course, they didn't have the Holy Spirit living in them, but they should have been transformed by the love of God regardless. Mm. Um, but for us, um, we have to remember that it's God working in us and it's that relationship with God that transforms us, yep. not our knowledge. Our knowledge helps, absolutely. Um, even the knowledge that he gives us the power helps. Yeah. You know? yep. But what are we knowing and what's the point of knowing? Is it so that we know or is that we actually become christ-like and so the verse i used at the end was philippians 2 verse 13 uh, i might just read verse 12 as well dear friends you always followed my instructions when i was with you and now that i'm away it's even more important work hard to show the results of your salvation mm. obeying god with deep reverence and fear for god is working in you giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him Yep. Yeah. That's I mean that's a good good reminder to to remember who it is that we're working for, mm. you know, and you know to reflect to reflect on the, you know, of, of what it is that we bring and who we're bringing it to, you know. Um mm. just that. You know, I think we can we can we can certainly get stuck in just going through the motions of yeah. of doing the things that it is to be Christian, to be a follower of Christ rather than um, you know, just constantly being reminded of who God is and, and bringing, yeah. again, bringing our best yep. for him. And I think like for me, I just love that it says that it's actually God that gives me the desire to please yeah. him. Yeah. 
you know, we, we if you're struggling with it, struggling yeah. with how you're serving God, there's some relational gap between you and the Father. Mm. Because when you open up to Him, then He gives you the desire to do what pleases Him. Yep. But it's not just the desire, it's also the power. It's like He gives you the wherewithal to actually do it. Mm. So the things that you need to change, the things that you need to do that please Him, all of a sudden that relational love translates into desire to do what He wants and to serve Him well and to love Him well. Yeah. And to be obedient and do what pleases him. But it's not just that desire that's birthed. It's the power to actually do it. Mm-hmm. And that means giving up on trying yourself yep. and handing yourself over to him. Yep. I think that's pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. Excellent. Great, Matt. So yeah, this week we'll be digging a bit deeper into each of those accusations, I think, and yep. um, challenging ourselves. Yeah, it's going to be good. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, buddy. Thank you. Catch you later.